The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 299 of the Atlantic Files, the number one podcast, the number one division in the NBA. This week, we are talking about Jalen Brunson possibly being too small to be a 1A player. We're talking about NBA Christmas Day reactions. We're also going through some of the rumors about Kevin Durant and the Detroit Pistons being on historic losing streak. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Atlantic Files, where humor and vibes collide. That's the Sixers, the king of the court, jokes that hit you one more. Atlantic Division, we own the scene. Comedy, food, talk, every routine. Mike Bash, Claus, and Fishbine on the mic. Making you laugh every episode right. Game is strong, court to kitchen. We're never wrong. You know what time it is. It's time for the Atlantic Files. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. As always, joined by your host, myself, Alex Fishbine, and I got Dennis Big Sexy Clawson. What's going on, Dennis? Big upgrade from last week. <laughs> what, the video? No, your co-host. Oh, 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 yes, for sure. <laughs> You're 100% correct. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And anybody who disagrees, try what if you disagree, try watching Die Hard in July and see if it hits you the same way as it would right around Christmas time. Exactly. And people try to give me the like, oh, but it's Christmas themed. It's not a Christmas movie. And I'm like, okay, but you could say that about any movie that it's just a certain theme. But like, who makes that argument? I've seen it on the internet. Wait, I don't even understand how, like, what they're trying to say when they say that. They're trying to say, like, a Christmas movie is one about Christmas, but Christmas theme is one that just takes place during Christmas time. I mean, killing a bunch of terrorists at the Nakatomi, Nakatomi Plaza isn't a Christmas movie. I don't know what it is. There's a Christmas Hans. tree and very. Many Christmas references. Molly McLean looking shit hot. Ho, ho, ho. I have a submachine gun now. No, it's not <laughs> submachine gun. It is a machine gun. Well, machine gun. Right. <laughs> Molly, I was being too uh, technically correct. <laughs> you were being too good. John McLean <laughs> don't have time for technicalities. No, not at all. Hans John McLean Gruber. just has time to kick ass. Hans. Yep. Carl Winslow, where he the, goes into where he goes into the store, he goes from my wife. He buys like five ho, ho like Hostess products. <laughs> She's pregnant, <laughs> and then McClay go or uh, Hans goes shoot the glass, and he shoots <laughs> the glass because you know he doesn't have shoes on. Yep, that movie, and he just, and he just decides to walk right through the glass anyway. <laughs> he's a Jim McLean. He's a badass. Exactly. Exactly. I gotta say, what it, is it? Die Hard two or three? When they're on the runway, and he likes the the fuel line, and it goes in to the Die Hard two is the airport. That's what it. Okay, 
Fire 2, also a classic. Yeah. I mean, I only like the first two. Once they started getting to like Die Hard Forever, it's like, all right, relax. I actually haven't seen those because I'm just not interested. Yeah, they just they decided to go too far. It's like when people, like I was talking to like um, a girl who was probably 24 years old, and she said, "Uh, "How many how many Home Alones were there? Three, right? I liked Home Alone three. I go, I go, what? It's like Home Alone three. I'm like, no, there's two, and that's it, as far as I'm concerned." Well, I have news for you. There's more than three. Well, I don't. I could care less because two's fine, good enough. I was so the only reason I know is because I was looking on. I think it was Disney Plus, and I saw Home Alone one. I saw Home Alone two. I was like, all right, I recognize these. And then I saw three, and I was like, I don't really recognize three much. And then it kept going. And I was like, wait, where did all these come from? So there's Home Alone 1, 2, 3. Home Alone 4, which came out in 2002, which I had no idea about. Um, You know what I found out about Home Alone 4? What? About 10 seconds ago. Well, the thing is, I'm not even done. There's Home Alone The Holiday Heist, which is technically Home Alone 5. That came out in 2012. Then... There's Home Home Sweet Home Alone, which came out in 2021, and it features a British kid. I, I can't. Two's fine. One <laughs> one is perfect. Two is near nearly perfect, and after that, that's it. No more. I had no idea there were that many Home Alones, and I don't know why there's that many Home Alones because it if doesn't need. If the wet bandits aren't in it, the sticky bandits, Uncle Frank, Buzz, they ain't in it, they ain't home alone. I agree. There's only there's only a certain few movie series that did it right with their like with, with the amount of movies they made. Very few. Star Wars. Star Wars is definitely one of them. Home Alone was Home Alone's teetering on the edge if you stop at two, because two was kind of far out there too. I mean, not that one wasn't far out there, but two was like kind of really pushing it. True. It's just awful coincidental for me that all of a sudden they, you know, everything had to line up perfectly twice for that to happen. <laughs> but it. But here's the thing, though. If we're if we're judging the whole thing, you got to include all of. I won't. It, it's it's because I don't feel that it's like necessary. I will say I enjoyed all three of the Santa Clauses with Tim Allen. See, I only remember one, and then I don't remember the 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 ones after that. I thought they, I thought all three of those were pretty good, but that now they apparently made a TV show, and I haven't watched that, but. I don't know. And I don't blame you. Needed. Yeah, I don't blame I don't you for that one. Um, the only other one I would say is Fast and Furious. <laughs> I've never seen one of those movies. You haven't seen a single one? Nope. And wow. I've seen one Saw, and I'll never watch uh, Saw again. 
Because I yeah, had I no know. idea what was going to happen, but it was way too much. Yeah, I don't care about the Saw series. Like, I, I really like horror movies, too, but I don't care about the Saw series. Just don't no. Really, don't really care about it. You watch The Exorcist, and I don't even like to say that title, because then I feel like I'm going to get possessed by a demon. <laughs> no, that's a great movie, though. Um, the Exorcist? Are you a crack? It was a good movie. There's nothing enjoyable about that movie. I mean, it's one of the goats of horror movies. It is the goat of horror movies, I feel. Uh, for most people, I would say they would probably put it as the goat. Because now the problem with horror movies, though, is, is that now I feel like they get, they, they're just pushing the envelope too far, like the human centipede. <laughs> Never seen that. Don't plan on doing that. That sounds absolutely disgusting. I, mean, I want to throw up thinking about it. I watched the first one out of curiosity. Yeah, that usually and... is what happens. It usually gets you. <laughs> you and... get, get curious, try something once, and you know if you like it, you keep doing it. True. So, and, uh, yeah, that, that applies not, to a lot of things. I did not watch the sequel, so that lets you know I did not enjoy it. <laughs> well, from what I heard is that there is... Um, and I wish my little brother was around here because of, he's a huge, the biggest, like one of the biggest horror guys you'll ever meet, which may mm. explain things. But um, <laughs> apparently in in the centipede two, mm-hmm. there is a giant centipede. Like they they fused multiple people together. Oh God! And I guess one of the girls was pregnant, who was a part of the centipede line. Oh. Which to me, and you might want to ask your 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 wife this because she's a medical, she's a physician. I would I would believe that if you eat, you know, their source of food was was fecal matter. So if you would ingest fecal matter, that you're you're bound for some bacterial infection, sepsis, something is going to happen to where I don't think this human centipede thing is going to work. Mm-mm. I think that's it's the stupidest movie. The the whole premise of that is is they're, they're sewing people's mouths to somebody's ass. I want to know how many shrooms the person took to write the movie. I don't even think that's shroom based. I just think that person's got is, is psychotic. I <laughs> I agree. I don't. I like. When that premise came about, I was like, first off, who came up with this and how can we lock them away? Because we don't need anything else like this. Episode. Yeah, people like that shouldn't be walking around on the street. If you now, I, and I've, I've come up with some, you know, I've thought of some twisted things. You know, everybody does. It's, but, but not once have I ever thought to myself, you know, it would be great if we, put, if we sewed people's mouths to somebody's ass and formed a human centipede. <laughs> yeah, I can't say that that type of thought has ever crossed my mind. Well, it shouldn't, unless you're fucking nuts. <laughs> oh God, I, it's it's I I just don't get it. Um, but the, I will say the South Park episode that made fun of Human Centipede was a great episode. That was hilarious. Well, here's the thing about South Park is I never watched South Park when it first came out. Mm-hmm. 
And now I'm watching it through for the first time. So episodes that came out 15 years ago, I want to talk to people like that, that it was a brand new episode that just came on last night. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, where you been? I was like, oh, Cartman, he's so funny. He did this. He called Kenny a Jew. And, and, and everybody's like, where you been? I was about to say, I feel like South Park humor would be right up your alley. Oh, it's, I, I never realized how much I, I, I just absolutely love it. I think it's funny. And I will say, once they went to their process where they like make an episode in real time along with like current events, they just got even funnier because they can just play along with what's going on in the world, and it's hilarious. Yeah, then you get those people that are like, "Ooh, South Park." You, you ever notice when ever, anybody talks about anything, they always say it used to be better. I do the same thing. So, <laughs> it used to be funnier. They got all political. Uh, yep, I don't know. But the thing is, they make jokes about everything, even if it's political or not. So I'm like, it's still funny to me. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, speaking of hilarious, I don't know if that's a good segue or not, but we're going to roll with it. The amount of food I ate on Christmas and Christmas Eve is hilarious. What'd you get for Christmas? Get anything good? Um, at, at my age, it's, it's, it's more, when, when you have a child, you'll understand too. I, I get more joy out of watching my child be happy. Right. I you know what I mean? I mean, I, I still get the excitement out of like the things I get for, for Deanna to be like, like, oh, you didn't even know I could have thought about that. <laughs> right. Cause you feel like, you know, you're like, you feel like a stud. Mm-hmm. They're because like, wow, you think... actually have been listening to me? Right, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It proves that you've been paying attention. Right. Because <laughs> I'm sure you've been accused on several occasions that you don't listen. Oh, yeah. As does every man. Right. It's probably... <laughs> but it's like, I, I'm, I would love to listen to you, but I'm too busy looking at basketball stats. Exactly. And, 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 and how bad my fantasy football team's played. Over the and and real quick, and this has nothing to do with basketball, but the NFL, I would strongly discourage playing any type of games this late in the season on Christmas Day because you want to ruin somebody's holiday. Oh yeah, you have fan. Most fantasy championships were going down, and if I played well in a lot of leagues all year, only to get basically bounced at every single thing on christmas so and what was worse is that i had to wait until christmas day like the first game to realize that it it was over oh yeah and and travis kelsey i don't know what the is going on with him but everybody used to say taylor swift what a great luck job now this dude's dropping passes He's he can't he's he's a mess, and I I'm gonna have to really if this relationship with with this keeps going I'm gonna have to really evaluate whether I would draft him next season. I don't think I would. I, he's a train wreck. I was one of the people that drafted him in the first round of a um of one of my drafts, and I did not make the playoffs because he shit the bed. Oh, we got a surprise appearance. What's going Mike on, guys? Himself. I just oh, wanted God. to pop in. Uh, I'm stuck here watching the dog. 
I'm on uh, puppy duty right now. Oh, wanted, there you go. I wanted to stop in and uh, say hello as the Nets are going to give the uh, Detroit Pistons their first victory in 26 games. <laughs> what an optimist. Oh, and it's not being an optimist. It's just being honest. Speaking of the Nets, one of my Christmas gifts was actually tickets to the Nets Sixers game on February 3rd. Oh, what's yeah. it? We going? It, yeah, I mean, I, me and Deanna would have tickets now, so. Oh, so you only have two. Yeah, we only have two. I'm going to be in Florida that day, so I can't make it. Okay. Well, oh, Dennis, she, if you want to get a ticket. <laughs> if, if she gets COVID or something, let me know. All right. I'll let you know. <laughs> fly right there. So basically, what I'm saying is, China, well, if you're out there, send the Philly. No, I drive. It takes four hours. Oh, you said fly right down. No, well, I would fly, but drive. He's gonna he's gonna charter his private jet down to straight to the Sixers game. Right. The only private jet Dennis has is one of those ones you can play with in your hand, and like you know, <laughs> they come on the back of a Hess truck. When you're when you're in the bathtub and you're playing fighter planes, <laughs> yeah. it's like you you play you play with a lot of things with your hand. <laughs> that's the old, well, that's things the old... I play with are a little bigger than the things you play with. So yeah, I highly doubt that, pal. <laughs> <laughs> and by by chance, even if they are, I highly doubt it's more efficient. Well, Let's just put it that way. At this day in 2023, I think it works a little better. I, I highly doubt it. <laughs> I'm 40, but I'm still going strong, pal. My oh. my my aviation skills are 100. <laughs> percent I don't know. I hear you trouble. You have trouble sticking the landing. Nope. <laughs> I was wondering what the more efficient meant at first, but <laughs> efficient could be used for a lot of things. I mean, true. You you're not wrong. <laughs> Oh god. Maybe this maybe it's just the defense you're playing against is a little looser, if you know what I'm saying. See, I, I was gonna refrain from saying I was gonna say ask your mom about my and then <laughs> I held back because I was like, this guy's gonna like I don't wanna go too far, but then he starts going in that direction. So now I'm just gonna say ask your mom. She <laughs> says I'm doing just fine. I don't now know. You gotta go there. Air here. I feel like I, can't, I don't know what's going on here. I don't have hair like Dennis, or I get a haircut every two weeks. I mean, his thing does say he's having a great hair day. I really am. I was oh, so I, happy. I, I'm on my phone, so I couldn't even see that. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you brought it up, though. I was just about to get into the Detroit Pistons. So, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I see the losing streak continuing a good bit. And if anyone else can take this losing streak history away from the Sixers and all the losing records that the Sixers have have put up, if they can just go away, that's fine with me. But I, yeah, I, I mean, question... we're gonna the, the Nets are just gonna get a Boyan Bogdanovich's uh, Bogdan Boyan. I'll get it out. Boyan Bogdanovich. I don't know what the word. I can't. I'm trying to. You know, like you know, if you say, "Oh, I got like Jaden Ivey." They're, oh, they're yeah. gonna get Boyan Bogdanovich. There you go. Uh, tonight, you know, he's gonna have a revenge game against the Nets. He's gonna have forty-two and twelve, and it's just gonna be he, miserable. He played pretty well against them though on uh, Saturday. He did one. 
we're, we're lucky we didn't lose that night, but we're right, right now we're down eight. We got the second unit and we're led by, you know, Dory, you know, Dory, you know how players have uh, resurgences after they have a kid. Yep. Dorian Spenny Smith has been a totally different player since his dad got out of jail. So I don't know what that, what that is called. You know, sounds racist to me. No, his dad was in jail for like 28 years and then they let him out of jail and he's had like 18 points, like in 15 points the next two games. So you think because his father got out of jail, which he just so happened to mention that you think that, I don't know. It's like, you know, big dad. Sounds a little racist. It's like, you know, reconnecting with your dad energy. So what are you All saying right. that he's not? You're surprised he has connected with a dad. You're Never mind. You're taking this away. <laughs> you're taking this. I was trying to make it a happy moment for Dorian Finney Smith, and you've completely ruined it. It sounds to me like you're surprised that he knows who his dad is. I never said that. I don't know. It just sounded to me that that's how it came across. One could say. Yes. <laughs> I, I actually didn't realize, though, that Jalen Dern is finally back on the court. He is. And he, he is. already has six points and six rebounds in seven minutes? He is a great young center and much better than Beef Stew. And yes. I, I don't know how long he's been out, but Detroit's a completely he's, different team without, with him. He's been out since the sixth. Okay. So it's been... And when, which Thompson brother do you have? I have uh, Amen, Amen, however he pronounces it. Uh, the Houston one. Okay. We pronounce that as in the Jewish community as Amen. I mean, some Catholics say Amen. Right. Now you're going up against, now you're making fun of the way or different religions are saying. <laughs> you know, it'd be like, no, yada, yada, yada. Amen. I mean, I remember hearing all that stuff. I can't recite it. <laughs> Maracata. You know, I had, me for for Hanukkah. We, uh, me and Katie, uh, lit the candles for Hanukkah. Uh huh. And I started the prayer with uh, Barakata and I. And mm-hmm. she she stopped me and goes, "Bullshit! There's no way the prayer starts that way." And I'm like, "That's how every prayer starts." <laughs> AKA Hanukkah, the the uh, the thrift store version of Christmas. Did you guys ever see that video of uh, Smokey Robinson and someone paid for like a cameo for him to say Happy Hanukkah to somebody? And he goes, Happy Chinooka. Because <laughs> he didn't realize that Hanukkah had a C in the beginning. <laughs> well, it's better than Katie telling me that uh, she thought the CH, like the CH spelling was for people that celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas together. <laughs> hey. She thought it was Chanukah. Hey, could be out there. I never would have thought about that. But I mean, honestly, like that could catch on. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, so, anyways, the Pistons are are a train wreck. Even though that you, Mike is right, they probably are going to beat the Nets because the Nets are are just as atrocious. Mikael Bridges can't score a point to save his life. I thought the guy was going to have like such a leap in his first training camp you know, with the Nets and he was gonna do all these great things and every and 
Pacal Bridges has he, he's shooting like garbage. I just don't see. Free, and have you ever noticed he just looks like he's going to cry all the time? And I don't know <laughs> what it is, but it just bugs me. But yeah, Cam Cam Johnson is needs to be traded. Uh, Cam Thomas can do nothing but just force up shots. With he's he'll make like half of them, and and the shots he does make are the most improbable shots on the planet. But other than <laughs> time that, out, time out, time out, time out, time out. If a guard is a 50, 40, 90 guy, that's elite. So if he chucks up a bunch of shots and hits half of them, I don't see the problem. Yeah, but I don't think Cam Tom, Cam Thomas has a he's Cam he's Thomas hasn't ca- missed while we've been talking. Well, I mean, that's good. That's because there have been plenty of games where he's played like absolute ass. I mean, I will say, Mike, he's not 50, 40, 90. He, he hasn't hit any one of those marks. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's close. He's 45, 37, 85. Yeah, he's close. Yeah. Not super far off, but. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, reverse Grinches out today. Oh, of course there are. Not surprised, but but the Pistons though I don't know what that. And speaking of guys who just haven't met expectations, I would I would probably say that Cade Cunningham, for a guy who got all this praise and all this hype, you know everybody was touting him in USA Basketball, and he's looking great, and everybody's so impressed. Cam Cam Cade Cunningham is a guy who is a big reason. Why the Pistons haven't with Cade Cunningham? If the guy was such a star, they should not have lost twenty six games in a row. But when you got a guy, when you got he's averaging twenty two points a game, but he's shooting thirty two percent from deep, and he's taking for one. Why are you taking like five and a half shots a game from deep if you're that bad at three point shooting? And it's not like he's ever been a great three-point shooter, but right. you would expect more than like 32%. Right. So Cade Cunningham actually is a part of the reason why I'm worried. Now, I think for college purposes, it won't matter. And that's 90% of what I care about is college purposes. But it's why I'm a little bit worried about Dylan Harper when he gets to the NBA. Um, there's just something about these low-energy point guards um, or combo guards. You know, you got Cade, you got D'Angelo Russell, um, you got um, who's another one of them? Like uh, Jalen Suggs is another, well, he's, he's a hustle guy, but he's he's not like an uber athlete. I'm just trying to think of other point guards that like fit that bill. Um, Luke is like the one exception, but that's because he's like six foot eight. Um a lot of these like low energy ball dominant guards are not like panning out. Now, right. D'Angelo Russell has been a great player in his career and averaged 18 a game. So it's not like they're not going to, you know, if the guy goes top five overall, he's not going to pan out. But I feel like Cade's another one of those guys where he's, he's a low energy point guard and that doesn't necessarily work in the NBA, like to be a superstar level player. What I will say too is that for D'Lo at least, like, He's shooting, at least from three, better than Cade. Yeah. Like even when he came into the league, he was still shooting better. He's 
This year, shooting 38% from three. Last year, was shooting pretty much 40%. Um, shoots 36% for his career. Cade is at, currently at 31.2% for his career. Uh, 32% this year, 27.9% last year before he got hurt. Um, yeah, like Dennis said, Cade's just not... He's not a great shooter. Um, his turnover, his assist to turnover ratio is less than two to one, which is not great. He's averaging four turnovers a game right now. And that's yeah. not good. Compared that's, to 7.1 assists. Do you think some of that might be because um, they've been playing Isaiah Stewart with, you know, as much as they do, and he's not really a great player? Well, like you can't blame uh, Isaiah Stewart for the. No, but he kind of clogs up the lane. Like, I mean, I know Durant, Durant, whatever the hell, however you pronounce it, has been out. Right. But, but they they weren't even winning when uh, when Duran was healthy. Duran was having playing some of the was playing fantastic, uh, all star caliber, like performances, and they it still wasn't translating to any wins. Yeah, that's no, also guess- true. Yeah, I know. Uh, Deanna says hello. Hi, Deanna. <laughs> you ever see the human centipede? <laughs> I no. don't know if she has. Next comment, I'm going to have to go back to dog duty, so I just wanted to say hello. Pop in, bro. <laughs> um, enjoy, enjoy the puppy time. <laughs> All right, later. See ya. Deanna says no, she hasn't. Good, don't watch it. You know, Mike is like the guy, like, you know when you're you're – like you have the house yourself, and you you're like you're about to turn on. You're about to turn on like porn, and he just shows up unannounced and knocks on the door. Oh yeah. He. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's me, by the way, but your audio went down really far. I don't know what exactly happened there um say something can you hear me uh it's still pretty low maybe it's something from the the mic volume on my side i don't really know um oh wait say something Right, how about now? Yeah, there we go. We're back in Sound action. better? Yep, we're good. No, it's because when I think um, Mike came in, he fucked everything up. Like I was saying, he's like the guy that you're 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 getting ready to watch porn and he just walks in. <laughs> and he's like, Hey, wanna hang out? <laughs> it's like, no, I was just about to watch Jenna Jameson throttle about four guys <laughs> at once. Get out of the room already. Right. Um but anyway, going back to um, Kay Cunningham and the Pistons. Uh, I, I hi, Deanna. Was... Merry Christmas. Yes. And you're, you know, I... you're lucky to have her. She she's such a sweet girl. She's beautiful, and when I, you know, you're just you're lucky. You're a lucky guy. Oh, I completely agree. I'm extremely lucky. I'm whatever is luckier than lucky. I'm that. Right. Definitely so, well aware. So yeah, the 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 Pistons third worst in scoring. They're in the bottom ten 
in field goal percentage. They have the worst three-point percentage in the league. They're 21st in rebounding, 21st in assists. They have the second most amount of turnovers per game, barely trailing Utah. And I'm not talking Watanabe. I'm talking Jazz. <laughs> and and that's by like a half of – that's like a half a turnover. So it's like that could change any day now. Right. So the Pistons are in trouble. So I, I, I'm not going to blame it on Isaiah Stewart. No. It's not just Isaiah Stewart's issue. It's not just one player's issue at all. I mean, I think the coaching even has part of the blame here too because it it was strange to see Monty throw random people in the doghouse so far this season. Like, Jaden Ivey just for some reason wasn't playing for the first, like, 10 games. And then he got hurt and then came back and all of a sudden he's in the starting lineup. And then Osser Thompson was starting and everyone was like, oh, my God, he could win rookie of the year. And now he's on the bench and not getting anywhere near as many minutes. Sasser was in there getting getting starts. And he was actually putting up decent points for a few of those games. It's and like, honestly, too, like, I don't know what's up with James Wiseman. Like, I would venture. I mean, true. James Wiseman has the best field goal percentage on the team right now. True. He was the guy was the guy was a top draft pick. Number two. You're telling me you're not gonna put a you're you're telling me you're gonna I mean Marvin Bagley, I think he went what fourth overall? Mm-hmm. Some shit like that, but you're telling me that you don't have room for James Wiseman. I mean the guy the guy has stayed relatively healthy, which was a huge problem when he was in Golden State, but you're telling me you can't put a, you can't you can't find consistent minutes for this guy? But you're so in love with Isaiah Stewart, who I love Isaiah Stewart, but but come on. Like, we, we got to figure something out here. And here's the thing. Like, you're getting Kevin Knox minutes. Why can't you get any of these other guys minutes? Like, they're giving they're, – they're such a bad team, and they're giving guys like Alec Burks and Kevin Knox, like, 20 to 25 minutes a game. Marvin Bagley's getting minutes in there. But now, and then like Killian Hayes was starting over Jaden Ivey and and was actually putting up some decent games. And now Killian Hayes isn't playing at all. The last game against the Nets, not the one they're playing now, but the one before, Killian Hayes was just the coach's decision, didn't play. Uh, Isaiah Livers, Livers, however you say his name. Who had some good games last year. He's not playing at all. He started off the season hurt, but the guy, the he's better than what he's getting. Right. Meanwhile, but, and then, like you said, Wiseman isn't playing. Meanwhile, Joe Harris is playing like seven minutes. Who is, and he's shooting 20, you know, 29% from deep. Joe Harris, exactly. the guy who, who made his name from the three-point line. Who th- that's, that's his only positive on the court is shooting threes. Right. Because he, he's not a good defender. He's, he's not, not a good athletic. ball handler. He's not a good distributor. He's not athletic. Like, it, so if you're not hitting threes, then what are you doing? Nothing. You're <laughs> losing games. Now, granted, exactly. like Bogdanovich was out for a big chunk of the year. But sure. that team should have been able to come up. I mean, they get trounced by the amount of teams they lost to. They got trounced by the Wizards. 
Yeah. The Wizards. That was really bad. I mean, you're and not just me... that, but there's there's some of these games that they lost by like a block. absurd amounts. It's not even I like mean, close games. No, like they lost to Milwaukee 146 to 114. Right. Granted, I know Milwaukee is a good team, but like good lord. <laughs> they lost what to the a, Lakers 133 to 107. What it all boils down to though is uh it, it all starts actually with with Cade Cunningham. True. I, I'm gonna blame him for this. Because his, I mean, 22 points a game is okay. But you can't be shooting 32% from deep. I mean. You can't be averaging four turnovers a game. Not just that, but he's only shooting. Well, I I get this season's a little bit better. But, like, the last two seasons, he only shot 41% from the floor. What's he shooting now? 45, I think. 43 and a half. Okay, that's still not that good. No. Especially if you're supposed to be this up and coming star guard, right? What it, I, and that I just don't understand. Like the the rotations of this team, I don't understand the. I, I don't understand like the way that Cunningham and Ivy play off of each other because it's not great. Like they they just don't seem to complement each other in any way because Ivy can't shoot either. The I whole team can't shoot. 30% from three. Whole team can't shoot. Yeah. It, it, I just don't... I don't understand, uh, like, what they're trying to really do here. And it's fun. Like, at this point, you've lost this many in a row. Why not go in on the tank and just, you know, go for this number one pick and trade away Bogdanovich, get whatever you can for him, trade away. You could probably trade Joe Harris for like a second round, a future second round pick or something. Well, that was the whole plan of obtaining Bogdanovich. At least it seemed last year when they picked up Bogdanovich was that they had a trade asset. He's on an expiring contract. Well, he was, but, and, and he, and he's coming off his best season of his career and he's doing it at like 33, 34 years old. Right. I don't know why you're hoarding him. Like, like, why are you keeping him that close to you? He's only got a couple good seasons left. If that. Yep. And if you could get, he, he would come in handy certainly for a team that is looking to add a shooter especially a team that is looking to make a pretty deep postseason run. Mm-hmm. He would be a valuable commodity. So he would be, I mean, if you're going to get a first round pick, a couple seconds, why wouldn't you take that? He was linked to the Sixers once they made the, the Harden deal. He was linked to a couple of the other competing teams. I think someone talked about the Knicks. Someone talked about the uh, the Hawks because apparently Dejounte Murray might be on the trade block for the Hawks, um, but that like he is the prototypical stretch four that any any competing team could use, and he's thirty four, so he's obviously not matching your team the 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 timeline, 
And they gave him a new contract. So he has a 20 million bucks this year, 19 million next year. It's only two years left on the contract, but it's like now you have to make money work. And sometimes teams don't, competing teams don't have a $20 million contract that they can just get rid of. I know a team that does. Who's that? The Knicks. That's true. And he's been sitting on a bench for pretty much the entire season. Oh, yeah. Uh, Evan Fournier over there. Yeah, you're telling me you can't deal him in a first to get back. If the Knicks added Bogdanovich, right? Because the Knicks, and we'll probably touch on this a little bit more in depth, but if the Knicks added Bogdanovich. Right. Right right now they're they're beating the teams that they should be beating, but they're having trouble with the with the Bostons and the and the Milwaukee, even though they beat Milwaukee on Christmas, but we're talking like if you added a guy like like Bogdanovich, mm-hmm. your championship ceiling is gonna raise even more. Right now, you got seventeen million dollars just sitting there on your bench, and you're 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 okay with just keeping that there. The whole point in getting Evan Fournier was to was to trade him, and yep. he's been hanging around. And we're well past. We're heading into January of his second season in New York, and the guy's still there. And it's like, even if you had to get rid of one of the end of the bench young guys, you do it. For Bogdanovich, like if if they're asking for like Miles McBride, get him out of there. You're not playing him anyway. Sold. Daquan Jeffries. See ya. And get rid of all of them. <laughs> I mean, my... Tibbs is only playing like a seven eight man rotation. So anyone else outside of that, you're open game. He's playing a three man rotation. I think it's. I think he just puts three guys out there for what for. But. But I, I just do not understand. It's not like Fournier can't play either. I mean, he played good in FIBA. Yep. It's not like he was playing. It's not like he's old and he still has something. I mean, if you would send him to Philly, not wishing that on you, by the way, but. I don't, I don't want him, but I just, I see where you're going with it. <laughs> I guarantee you he'd be playing. I mean, if you could get Batum and, and Robert Covington to start playing okay again. Even Marcus Morris. Even Marcus Morris, who was relegated to doing nothing in Los Angeles, all of a sudden he's, you know, relevant. Not consistently relevant, but he's there. It's funny because there's like certain role players that have gone to the Clippers to die. And then they go somewhere else and do very well. And like now PJ Tucker is the one that went to the Clippers and is not playing at all. Right. (laughs) But they'll they'll, they'll they'll talk about how valuable he is as the voice, right? You right. know that that's that's code for guys who don't do anything, but they just they they want to keep him around, but they 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 don't want to say they don't want to put him on the court. So we're going to see he's the vocal leader, the Udonis Haslam, the Andre Iguodala. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, the Pistons. Are are just very bad, they and suck. the coach, the coaching is equally. They get up plenty of the blame too, because the coaching has looked weird, and the rotations haven't made sense, and the front office gets plenty of the blame as well, because they definitely can make moves. They just haven't done anything yet. Uh, so, but we we brought up the Knicks, so let let's let's get to the Knicks. Um, Becky Hammond was on ESPN talking about the Knicks and 
whether or not they can become a championship contending team. And she talked about Jalen Brunson being too small to be a 1A player on a championship team because not many have been able to do that. Let me play the clip here for those that might not have seen it. How stuck do you think the, the Knicks are here in the Eastern Conference? Well, I certainly agree with you. They're not getting into that tier. Um, they don't have enough personnel. They don't have the manpower um, that they need to hang with those guys. Um, I think you're going to get a, a consistent team like they've been. They're a pretty good team. They're, they're well coached. They're going to be on their defensive game. But at the end of the day, they don't have a dude. you got to have a dude. you got to have a 1A dude. And they're missing that at the end of the day if, if we're just getting down to brass taxes. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't want to disagree with Becky today, but they do have their dude. Who? Jalen Brunson. And no, he's too small. It, but here, here's the thing, and that's, that's – Didn't that's, they say but, about you? But you know they what? They say that about you but and you, you're a Hall of Famer. You know I got a philosophy. But, Can I say my philosophy? Go ahead. If your best player is small, you're not winning. John Stockton, Allen Iverson, Steve Nash, you could go down the list. Steph Curry, but he's not that small. He's like six three. But he's but also though, I mean, he's the greatest shooter to ever walk the planet. He's he's in an, he's in an outlier. Class. Okay, she but, but, but is see, but, right. But, History says she is right. Uh, okay, so. but but we're living in a new age. Okay, new day. My first reaction when I saw that is she is right. <laughs> And a lot of Knicks fans and a lot of people were up in arms on like Twitter and threads and all those kind of social media sites. And it's true that the only two smaller guards that I can think of dating back to like the 80s that have gotten their team to a championship is Isaiah Thomas and Steph Curry. And Isaiah what Thomas about Alan a lot of Iverson? Other- I meant win a championship, sorry. Not get to a championship. Win a championship. Okay, I got a problem with that. All right. You know how I am about Brunson. Oh, I I love love Brunson. Brunson. All right, here's the thing about Brunson. For one, it's irrelevant what really a lot of people say about, for one, that panel on ESPN is just absolutely garbage. That whole crew is just, yeah. So anyways, Brunson never gets the respect that he deserves anyways. When will, you never hear anybody say anything good about Jalen Brunson ever. Even when he was in Dallas, when Luka was hurt for one of his many stints on the injured list in and. And Brunson basically carried that team. He wasn't getting respect. He goes to New York. He makes New York at least a highly competitive Eastern Conference team Mm -hmm. to where people are actually believing that there's a chance that they could at least make the Eastern Conference Finals. So the fact that somebody says, like, and they've been saying the same stuff about Julius Randle, too. For some reason, everybody hates Julius Randle. I know he didn't have the best start to the season, but Julius Randle has also had some good seasons here. But Jalen Brunson, like I said, has taken the Knicks from a team that was doing nothing to a team now to where people are actually believing that they could actually go far into the postseason. I also find it laughable when you look at the 
when you look at Jalen Brunson right now, mm-hmm. in the month of December, he's averaging 27.6 points a game. That's the highest of his career. He He's shooting 45% from deep. There are guys who are on the MVP you know, ladder who aren't playing that well, but yet are above him. He's putting up similar numbers. He's shooting better than Tatum. He's averaging more points per game than Tatum. He's in a lot of ways better than Anthony Edwards. He's nearly just as durable. He's he's not in that top five, sure, but even Halliburton's not even like blowing him away in terms of production. Now Halliburton is a better distributor. You know, we get that. But Brunson's a better scorer. Brunson's a better scorer, and Brunson has has shot better. De'Aaron Fox is awesome, and I love De'Aaron Fox, but Brunson's right up there with De'Aaron Fox, who is also in the MVP conversation. Carl Anthony Towns is ahead of Jalen Brunson in the MVP conversation, which to me, like, yeah, Carl Anthony Towns is kind of like Cats, like reinvented himself in some ways this season, but. To me, if I were going to build a team, I would certainly rather have Jalen Brunson on my team over a guy like that. I certainly would. I would even maybe argue that I'd rather have Jalen Brunson over Tyrese Halliburton because Jalen Brunson at least stays relatively healthy. Right. Which is really important. And the guy breaks his balls every time he plays. He's he's putting, he's he's grinding. He's playing hard. He's got a a, a killer instinct to him. And the fact that people are saying this stuff about him, you know, Becky Hammond, is not a surprise because she's not the only one who's knocked on him over the years. And I'm sure he's used to it at this point. So I agree with what Becky is saying about him, the team, especially currently as constructed, not being able to win a championship. And I think if you gave Jalen Brunson, like if you say you had, there's a the big Mavericks difference though between not to cut you up. There's a big difference though with how the team is constructed versus whether Jalen Brunson is a guy who can lead a team to a title. Completely separate things. True, true. If you had the Mavericks team that he was on with the way he's playing now, I think then I would say he could win a championship, but at that point, he's not the 1A. Luka Doncic would be the 1A. And with what this, like, I I love Brunson's game, and I think he is a very, very good player, and I also agree that he should be higher in the MVP conversation, like you just said. There's a few guys on the MVP ladder of, like, the top 10 or whatever that he definitely should be over. And because, like, you you take Brunson off of the Knicks and their offense goes straight to the toilet. Um, like, the moment you take Brunson out of the lineup, you're depending on guys like um, Quentin Grimes, R.J. Barrett, and and company, and quickly, to, to carry a scoring load and win NBA games, which isn't going to happen. My thing is, I agree that just small guards if in his prototype are not the best 1A players to win championships. 
But if he's your one B, not even like number two guy, not number three, he can be a one B, which essentially is just like a co-star. But if you gave him a guy like you brought up Anthony Edwards, if you put him and Anthony Edwards on the same team, they probably win a championship. And Edwards to me would be the one A kind of guy and he would be one B. And then the same thing goes for like, if you put in just any of those guys, not even necessarily just in the MVP conversation, but if you have some of those other guys that are considered one A's around the league and match them with Jalen Brunson, to me, that gives them a better chance to win a title. And the Knicks in general, to me, for them to win a title, you have to upgrade RJ Barrett into either a 1A, 1B type of player. And, hey, if you get a 1B out of R.J. Barrett plus whatever you trade away and Brunson's your 1A, I think you are still super competitive, but I wouldn't say they are a championship contender until I see it actually happen. Personally. I think Brunson could be a 1A and have somebody, like if he played with LeBron, Mm-hmm. Right, LeBron. Just from his experience, his best days are behind him, even though he's still highly productive. Right, but it's safe to say that Anthony Davis is consistently more productive than LeBron. So I would consider Anthony Davis a one A in the Lakers. Yeah, if you added a guy of that caliber who is can be a one A, but not is a consistently a one A, and kind of let Brunson do his thing, I. But no, I I think they could do good things. But no, the way this team is constructed right now, you have an injury-prone Mitchell Robinson who's out for the season. You have R.J. Barrett who is just never going to progress to a a higher level than he's at now. You have $17 million sitting on a bench in Evan Fournier. You're you're so desperate that you had to bring back Taj Gibson, who's about 87 years old now. (laughs) True. So you and especially too, you could add you could add Donovan Mitchell. We'll go back to that. You know, the, the but you don't want to give up uh what was it Quentin Grimes? Yeah, you don't want to give up Quentin Grimes? Quentin He's Grimes so, and, and RJ Barrett. You're not gonna give up those guys. But the, the Cavaliers had no issue, but even though now we're looking at a point where Donovan Mitchell he's being linked again to the Knicks. And who's the first name to get mentioned? Again, R.J. Barrett. You could have, and and you want to know something? If Jalen Brunson is not a 1A, if you don't agree with me, if nobody agrees with me, that's fine. I still think he's a pretty damn good player. Who cares what the labels are? And I still think he can help significantly impact whether a, a, a team goes to the championship or not. Oh, yeah. This is all semantics, for sure. This is all, like, granular details for a championship formula. Like I definitely think I could see Brunson winning a championship at any given point in his career. And just saying that like he can't win it as a one a is literally just a, a little detail that if he wins a championship, nobody's going to give a fuck if he's a one a or not. So I I do agree. I think Jalen Brunson is a very, very good player. He better be voted in as an all-star because he deserves to be. I was going to say, he might even have trouble getting that at this point. 
which is crazy to me. I mean, the happen. East the East did get better guard wise, so like there are a lot of guards that I think deserve to be an All Star. But if he doesn't become an All Star, that is just highway robbery. That's insane. There's like there should be no way that he's not an All Star. I mean, there, there, to me, I don't think there's a lot of guards in the East that are better than him. No, no, no. I agree. I I completely agree. I was just Even saying with in the general, depth of guards. East got better with guards. But I, I your man's over there, Mister Four for Twenty. All right, look, he had a bad game. All right, mm, I can't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, but whatever, pal. You know. No, I would I would put Brunson over Maxi as well. I think Brunson is a better player than Maxi. I I agree with you. He's definitely a better uh, point guard. Like Maxi still has a lot to work on in his distribution area of his game, so I I would put him up there too. So I think he's better than Darius Garland. Agreed. I think he's better than uh, Derek White. Oh, agreed. I think even though Derek White's having a is having a hell of a season, I know I love Derek White's season. To me, so he's not really that far below Tyrese Halliburton. I've, he definitely has an argument to be on the level. For sure. Trey Young, Trey Young is Trey Young, so I get it with him. Right. But to me, there's no there's no like guards that stand out. Maybe, you know, Damian Lillard, even though Damian Lillard's not having like a Dame season. Right. I mean he's not yeah. Dame's not he's not horrible, but I mean he, it's he seems like off to me. It's weird. But yeah. Jalen Brunson, there's room for Jalen Brunson to get to the all star game. Oh, for sure. And here, the only guards that I can say definitively are either better or at the very worst case on the same level as Brunson are like uh, Halliburton, Trey Young. Um, it depends. Are we considering Jimmy Butler a shooting guard or a small forward? No, we're just considering him a forward. All right, then he's not in there. LaMelo Ball would be up there if he's healthy, obviously. No, LaMelo. he's never healthy, so why? So that's the thing. I, Damian I Lillard. Would, I would rather have Jalen Brunson on my team any day of the week than LaMelo Ball. Oh, yeah. Especially given health. You never know when he's going to be playing. So I agree. Um, Damian Lillard and Donovan Mitchell. Those are the only guys that are really either on his level or above his level. Now, those guys are better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think Halliburton blows him away in terms of skills. I don't think I, agree. I don't think there's that huge gap between the people who you know the, you got these high, Tyrese Halliburton just they love them they, oh, they yeah. you know what I mean they rock rock hard when they're thinking about Tyrese Halliburton but I don't think there's a huge gap in value between Halliburton and Jalen Brunson. I don't think there's a huge that big of a gap either. And like yeah, we've seen Halliburton do some pretty great things, especially on some primetime games and he, you know, he does well, but like even for, for what it's worth, even though Brunson may be a smaller guard, his defensive abilities have been way better than Tyrese Halliburton. He's a dog. His defensive rating is like 15 points better than, than Tyrese Halliburton. So it's like, you know, you always have to weigh in. We all know offense is King and whatever, but you always have to weigh in defense. I'm always a proponent 
of if the guy can't play defense, then he, to me, he shouldn't be on the MVP list. He shouldn't be up for like best player in the division or whatever. Um, if he, if the only thing he's doing is playing offense and that's it, I don't think he deserves to be up there. So if he's playing better defense, he's up there. Um, well, at least I swayed you a little bit. <laughs> no, nah, I love Brunson's game. He's a great player. I, right, I just, so what's I the problem? You, you, you know, you I still do agree that agree the small guards aren't exactly the Get best the for one A players to win. Uh, but you, but we brought up Christmas a bit. Did you have any like Christmas Day reactions from any of these games that kind of jumped out? Uh, Clay Thompson sucks. True. Uh, Tyrese Maxey uh, should have had a fifty point outing, and also and true. he could be good on December twenty third. Maxey may be good on December twenty seventh, but when you're playing on Christmas. And the lights hit you differently. And yep. that was your chance to showcase yourself in front of a nationally televised game where, you know, the game was on at what? Eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Most people are starting to wind down. Everybody was off. A lot of people were off today. Yep. Football was still gone. But a lot of people were watching NBA yesterday. Oh yeah, that was your chance to show a lot of people, you know, grandma, grandpa, Aunt Betty, whoever is sitting there with watching the game with an eye. That was your chance to show who Tyrese Hallib- or Tyrese Maxey is, and right. it, you failed miserably. So, for anybody who said, you know, and I've been saying it for a long time about how Tyrese Maxey and is is a is a perfect compliment and he's a he should be considered you know the big with Joel and B big no there's no big two there's a, a big one and then there's everybody else oh yeah I mean Embiid is on Tobias a Harris level of his own by far T- Tobias Harris had no problem showing up true and that's two games in a row for Tobias Harris Kelly Oubre had no problem showing up for. True. After that, it was a uh, kind of rough, but Melton. Okay, he's uh, he did uh, okay. Melton did his as, job. As bad as Maxi. Paul Reed put up a pretty big dud. Um, Mo Bamba out of nowhere had eighteen points. Good for him. <laughs> he, he, he was hit, coming he, in with an illness too, and he knocked down three threes. So that should tell you something. But when when <laughs> when Paul Reed, they had that chance to, um, I think Portland signed him. Yeah, I think Portland signed him in the off season, and then they matched. That would have been their time to for you. You way over invested in that guy because it seems to me he doesn't step up either. I mean, true. Um, of course, it is. Jaime Hawkes. Shit hot. Dude. Dude looks looks like he's gonna be pretty damn good. Looks like he's gonna be. He's already pretty damn good. Well, he's already pretty damn good, but I'm saying like he's gonna have a pretty damn good career, especially because going to Miami, I feel like he's the ascent the essential Miami fit, like, especially he's alongside. Hitler. I mean, I, is he Cuban? 
<laughs> same, whatever, same thing. Um, literally, you could you could fill up one of those dollar store rafts and you could float for about five minutes and you'll be in Cuba from Miami. So, same <laughs> exactly. thing. But okay. Jimmy Butler, you know, he's hurt again for with the, his millionth ailment of the season. We're going from a foot to a calf to give me a break with this guy. Bam out of, of bio. F- of course, that game Butler and Embiid were both out. Like that made the, it made the game not uninteresting, but it was just like really the the best player from both teams isn't isn't going to play. Well, for me, I liked it better because anytime that Butler's not on the floor, I'm okay with that. <laughs> and I mean, Embiid gets on my nerves a little bit. I mean, the thing with Embiid, when I was watching the game against Toronto before Christmas, I watched him roll his ankle and keep playing, but limping the whole time. I'm like, he's, there's no way he's playing on Christmas. No. Like, if they wanted him to play Christmas, they would have taken him out of that game, played the rest of the game, and then let him just rest it until Christmas. But, they, but the minute the minute he rolls his ankle, he should have been pulled right there. Exactly. Especially like he, against the Raptors. Right. Like, Literally, and Embiid's the kind of guy, though, he lets you know when he's hurt. There's not right. just a, I'm good. There's a lot of theatrics involved in it. There's a lot exactly. of holding of a hip, a holding of a foot, a lot of down on the floor. There's a going through the third row in the stands and sitting. Like, there's all this stuff that goes on when he's hurt. So it's kind of hard to gauge just how hurt he is. True. But anytime he's hurt, I'd be like, nope, you're, you're, you're done. If you're limping that bad, you're coming out. Sorry. Exactly. That was the thing. Like, he was running down the floor with an extreme limp. And I'm like, it's not worth it against Toronto in this game. Like, especially when you do have a Christmas Day game, if you want your team to look good on national TV, just let him play that game. Just sit him. Like, it's it's fine. Especially because at the time, Maxi and Tobias were also putting up 30-point games. Like, you didn't need him for that. But yeah, um, it, either way, the Knicks. We were just talking about Jalen Brunson. He looked really good with thirty-eight point six assists to beat the Bucks. Um, I still with the Bucks. I still don't trust them as true championship contenders yet. No, they just they still seem. Like you were saying with Damian Lillard, something just seems off. There's just something that seems off about the whole team. Yeah, they have no depth. And the rest of their 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 supposed superstars are all old. True. I mean there's a re- I mean Andre Jackson is not bad, but you're you're starting Malik Beasley and Andre Jackson. And and when they lost Jay Crowder, that was like a significant blow to them. Jay Crowder. I know. We're talking about. <laughs> and Bobby Portis hasn't even been like the same Bobby Portis. Yeah, where the hell has he been? He gets paid and all of a sudden he's just not, not available anymore. Right. He just doesn't want to do anything when he's playing. I mean And he's considered like one of the younger important role players. <laughs> uh he was like six man of the year caliber. Exactly. So you know, and he can't he, he can't even get a double double anymore. I mean, what's going on? And they're playing Marjan Bochamp a bunch of minutes, but he's not really like equating I mean, his, too much. No, he's he's like the Kaminga for the Bucks. 
Exactly. No development. Which makes you wonder about like the G League Ignite teams. Like, is it really helping them? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. My 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 plan if I was a general manager, just if any guy's good in Europe, I'm just taking them. True. I mean, especially like in the middle to end of first round, I'd probably do the same thing because other teams aren't looking at them that early that often. I mean, when you look at guys like Scoot, Scoot hasn't really, I mean, he had rookie of the year potential coming yep. G League guy. Uh, the Thompson twins, not hit and miss at times. Now, these Europeans, Wemby, I hate even saying that, but Wemby's playing playing really well. Chet, a college guy, playing well now that he put on about 15 pounds of muscle. At this point, I would say Denny Advia is more valuable to his team than Scoot Henderson is. True. I mean, uh, Bilal Kulabali is looking like he's, he's had some flashes that were pretty decent. Yep. All these European guys, man, are just, uh, and even though like like the Kings, uh, Vachenkev, yep. he's had some pretty good games. You know, these guys, the I don't know what's going on with the G League, but I'm not sold that that Ignite team is doing anything. Like you would, I agree. I used to assume that they would have a leg up because they're pretty much a professional team, but I'm not really that convinced anymore. I thought the same thing. I thought the, those Ignite teams would be really good, especially because like they have some veteran NBA guys on the team to really help them through a lot of like the new nuances and things like that. But yeah, like Scoot, Kaminga, um, Bochamp. Um, I think there's like one or two other guys that I'm missing, but they haven't really done anything in the G League. I mean, the Thompson Twins are completely new because they were in that overtime elite, whatever the hell that was. Um, so their their whole situation is even even more. Well, different. so is Scoot. That's what I'm saying. These guys that are coming from the the overtime elite, like you. Would think well, no, Scoot they... was from G League. Yeah, overtime elite is. Yeah, I don't even want to get it. I just. I can't keep track of this. Um, I know that's what I'm saying. There's just a, a whole bunch of stuff, and and so far it's still just college guys and uh, and Europeans. Europeans. And the thing is, too, the the one thing that the G League originally had over college was that you could get paid. But now with the NIL deals and things like that in college, you can still go to college and still get your money. Right. So, the G guys are getting paid more more in college than they would be as pros. Exactly. So the G League Ignite team doesn't even have that benefit over college guys anymore. So, yeah, I, I just don't know. And and now, with the current G League Ignite team, I don't even know who's on it. I haven't even heard anything about this, the, the new round of G League Ignite guys. So I don't even know if there's anybody on there that's going to be worthwhile. Well, you, you don't have to go to science class, though. That's true. You that don't have helps. to do any classes. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that helps. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm looking at their roster now, and I can't really pick a guy out that I've even heard before. Which, I mean, maybe that's my own fault, but yeah. Well, you know, my theory, I don't care about any of these guys until they go to the NBA. True. I, I could care less. I don't care. I don't care how highly touted you were in college. Till you come into the there's been plenty of guys in college who have been really great in college who are just garbage in the NBA. So yeah. I'm not going to waste my 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 space in my brain trying to figure out which one of these guys is going to because you you kind of get a you kind of know. And Scoot is going to get there eventually. He's just getting off to a slower start than I had anticipated. Right. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, oh, <laughs> by the way, Jalen Green was a G League Ignite guy. So I guess he's like the best G League Ignite guy you can... You can probably consider him the best G League Ignite guy right now. That's at least what I would assume. Um, but outside of him, there's Bochamp. Oh, Jaden Hardy was G League Ignite. Dyson Daniels. So there's a couple of them that are so guys who have one good game every twenty games, essentially. And I mean, yeah, now Jalen Green isn't even like he's not even a top two guy on his own team anymore. Well, not, maybe, that's maybe what, not even top three. That's what happens when you have nobody. True. Last year, <laughs> but I mean, now Singoon has already passed him up. European. True. Fred Van Vliet wasn't even drafted any better. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, the rest of the Christmas Day games, though, I really like uh, Brandon Podziemski. He's he's a, my guy over there for Golden State. Uh, he, might be, he might be the second best player on Golden State right now. Outside of Steph Curry. <laughs> um, yeah. Because the rest of the team is not good. Chris Paul's not good. Nope. Uh, Draymond Green's in, in rehab, psychological rehab. At least <laughs> that's where he should be. Um, Kaminga, I just I have never gotten the hype about Kaminga. I don't think I ever will. Yep. Uh, Moses Moody, it's like, hey, okay, all right. You, you're taking up a spot. Thank you. Um, and Clay Thompson is, I mean, he went three for 12, right? Three for 10 from deep. Now Wiggins, though, Wiggins had 22 points. Finally. Now he'll go back to scoring eight points for the next three games combined, but you know, <laughs> Hey, at least he showed up. True. Yeah. I mean, a lot of like the Warriors Nuggets game didn't like give me anything new. I like it was kind of everything expected. The Nuggets looked really good. Jokic and Murray looked good. The Celtics Lakers game didn't expect the Lakers to win that at all. Davis still put up 40 points, but they end up losing by 11. Again, not very surprising. Um, Luca, I mean, insane game from him 50 points, six rebounds, 15 assists. But the leading scorer of the Phoenix Suns, none other than Grayson Allen. And and uh, Chimizzi Metu, nineteen rebounds. Yep, and twenty three points. Metu had more points than Booker and and KD. I mean, do we see a problem with that? There should be. 
And that yeah. that takes us right from this Christmas Day into our last topic of the night, which is KD apparently now being unhappy with the health of the big three and the supporting cast, which is makes it even more ridiculous that he's not happy with the supporting cast when they outscored him. And I will, before we really get into it, I'll, I'll play this clip from Woj here who talks about this unhappiness. Well, start with Kevin Durant. You talk to people in Phoenix and around that organization. You know, they can feel the frustration with Durant. Part of that certainly uh, is the missed games for Brad Beal. This team was built around those three stars. Uh, the underwhelming supporting cast that comes from those massive trades for Durant and Bradley Beal that really gutted uh, the organization and left them you know, having to sign a lot of minimum players to fill out the payroll and then an then understanding uh, that they lack the assets, the draft picks, the, the trade capital to go out and really improve this team. This is something they're going to have to manage in Phoenix with Kevin Durant. You've seen it before, and it reminds you, it is a stark reminder of how short of a window and how this team has to win big and they have to win big quickly uh, based on how it was constructed and having Kevin Durant still playing at an all-NBA uh, level and a healthy Kevin Durant, and there's a lot at stake for this organization. It's got to change soon. Okay, Mayor of Scott. So two things before I know you can go, you can riff on this. Um, we've talked about a lot that I don't know why anybody is surprised that Bradley Beal has been hurt this whole time. Um, actually, I found this, this uh, stat from Reddit here. It says, reminder, Bradley Beal is owed $160 million over the next three seasons. And That's at the it. end <laughs> at the end of this season, he will have gone five straight seasons not having played 60 games. Wait, there's more than just naked girls on Reddit? <laughs> Never knew that. It's the, the, the side of Reddit that no one wants you to know. So the, the productive side, got it. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, so five straight seasons, not even having reached 60 games played. He's already there. He's not going to reach 60 games played this year. And the big three over there has only played 24 total minutes together. A lot mm -hmm. worse than the big three from the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, but, he, I mean, KD had no problem with, with his boy, Kyrie, sent out. Where was he then? Where, where, nothing was said then. And KD has a problem everywhere he goes. So it's not surprising. I'm just kind of surprised that, like, it's kind of fast for him to kind of start doing this stuff in, in Phoenix. You know what I mean? But he had a problem in Golden State. He had a problem at OKC. He had a problem at Brooklyn. Now he has a problem in Phoenix. Not a surprise. But at, but how intelligent of a guy can he be, right? You would assume that somewhere before they made that trade for Bradley Beal, the phone calls would have been going to at least two guys, Booker, at least two players at least, Booker, Kevin Durant. Yep. You're telling me that you would have had to have been okay with this. 
So for somebody who calls you goes, hey, KD, Booker, come down. We'll have sushi. Let's have a nice dinner. We're going to talk. All of a sudden, there's guys. You guys know Bradley Beal? Yeah, we're thinking about trading for him. Their instant reaction should have been right there. Fuck that. That's what they should have said. They should have said, are, are you kidding me? Bradley Beal, this is the best that we could do? He never plays. Plus, he, and then you want to talk about supporting cast? When, when your your contracts are locked up between three players, and you knew coming in what it was going to look like, so you got Bates Diop, you got Watanabe, you got Drew Eubanks, you got Chemezi Metu, who makes about three dollars a year, but still had played his ass off on played better than you did on Christmas, but now KD's got a problem with his supporting cast, why don't you, like, I get calling Bradley Beal out because that should have been done a long time ago. Right. He's the first guy who actually, because at least in Washington, they just kissed his ass constantly. You never right. heard anybody say anything bad about Bradley Beal. And they're so stupid. Well, actually, looking back, though, Washington's kind of a like the 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 office is kind of geniuses for retaining him, <laughs> knowing that they were going to trade him and that there'd be a team stupid enough to take him. True. So, yeah, I I do not feel sorry for him. He should just shut up. He looks like a moron, even more than he usually does because he's a, he's a constant pain in the ass. He's he's an idiot. Um, he, like I said, he probably had a lot of say in whether or not Bradley Beal was going to come to Phoenix or not. So what did you expect? Did you think that Bradley Beal was miraculously going to be healthy? He missed nearly the entire season so far with back spasms. His first game, one of his, not his first game or second game back, he goes down with a sprained ankle five minutes into the game. Yep. And now he's out for now. Who the hell knows when he'll be back? Knowing him, though, it's probably going to take a while. So, sorry, honey. That's what you're getting. Have fun with uh, Grayson Allen. Have fun with Eric Gordon. Have fun with Utah Watanabe. Have fun with all these guys because that's what you're getting. You're not winning a championship. Your team sucks. The Warriors are better than that team is, and that's sad. The Dallas Mavericks are a 10 times better team than that team is. Luka by himself decimated that team. The Phoenix Suns are not even better than the Clippers, who are playing significantly better, but who the, the, the Suns should easily be beating the Clippers or yep. be considered a better team than the Clippers. The Suns aren't even... I the Suns can't beat the Lakers. I could tell you that right now. I wouldn't even think that the Suns could beat the Pelicans or uh, any of these other Western. I would, I would, I would, I would probably say they're going to have a hard time beating Detroit if it ever came down to it because <laughs> they are garbage. I, I mean, right now the Suns aren't even in a play-in spot. 
It's they're bad. 14 and 15. That's bad. Oh, yeah. And the Jazz are only two wins behind Phoenix. That's bad. That's awful. Houston has a better record than Phoenix. Because Houston's a better team. Exactly. And the thing is, looking at all the teams above them, I'm like, yeah, makes sense. Even Golden State, who we just talked about, that really isn't doing well. I'm like, yeah, Golden State could beat Phoenix. The Lakers could beat Phoenix. Houston, Pelicans, Clippers, the Mavericks did just beat Phoenix. Sacramento, definitely. The Thunder, definitely. And then the Nuggets and Timberwolves. Like, yeah, I can see all of them beating Phoenix right now and beating them handily. And like you said, I don't understand from the fans' perspective, the front office, the coaches, and the players, why is anybody acting surprised that Bradley Beal isn't playing? He This is his 12th season in the league, I believe. Yes, 12th. He has played more than 60 games five times in in 12 seasons. And That's actually more than I thought he did. I agree. But even in his first four seasons in the league, he had one of them where he played 63, and then the other one was 73, but he played 56 and 55. And then he had a three-season stretch, which was his best stretch with Washington, where he played 77, 82, 82. He had two seasons where he played all 82 games, looking great. And then that's when the stat I brought up before, 2019-2020, he has not played more than 60 games since before that, since 2018-19. He's played 57, 60, 40, 50, and right now has only played six games and has played his fewest minutes per game at 25.2. And his second fewest points per game and his looks like his second or third fewest um, assists and rebounds per game. So like, but at least before not to interrupt you, but I'm kind of hot now, at least before he was productive in her. Now he's not even productive. Right. And the thing is all they need him to be really is what he was when he was playing with John Wall where he was just a deadly three-level shooter. They don't need him to be a point guard. Washington tried to make him into a point guard once John Wall flamed out, and they tried to keep forcing him into a point guard role. They don't even need him to do that. They need you to Phoenix shoot. wants him to do that because they don't even have a point guard. I mean, that's true. They're, they've been using Booker as a point guard, which... Even though Booker as a point guard, though, is better than Booker, to me, as a shooting guard. I agree. I mean, Booker's I would rather have, isn't that bad. I would rather have Booker any day of the week than Bradley Beal. I agree. But you ever, you ever like when you were like when you were a kid, your parents would go, "You got to, you got to choose good people to hang around with." KD is a worse judge of character. His whole posse <laughs> over the years, he 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 hung out with KD, or I'm sorry, Kyrie. Then you thought Bradley Beal was going to be a, a, a you, you, did you think you were going to get anything different with that? Look, what's, what's wrong with this guy? 
Jason Tatum is apparently best friends with Bradley Beal, and the Celtics still didn't get it. There's a reason for that. Because most of the time, if your superstar player is like, oh, that's my, you know, my best friend. I need to, you got to go and get it. Most of the time, GMs are going to try and do it because that's your best player. You want to make him happy, so on and so forth. And if he's a superstar player, why not bring him in? Because he would help you win games. But notice, Brad Stevens did not go get Bradley Beal because he knows better. But the Suns decided, oh, we got to an NBA Finals, so now we want to just go all in and get every person we can. Even though the Suns from before that reached the NBA Finals looked worlds better because they had depth, they had role players that played their role very well, they had the one or two star players, and that's what that's what you needed. You needed you didn't need to go get KD and Bradley Beal to make this team a better team. You needed to add like one more like number three type of play. You needed to add more Grace and Allens is what you needed to do. Right. Exactly. Not not Grace and Allen and Bates Diop and right. Utah Watanabe and whatever else they scraped off the bottom of the barrel to come play for that team. Exactly. And, and before I re- anybody starts saying too that I'm only doing this because of KD was in, on the Nets. I said I was. I've been saying the same shit for years, even when he was on the Nets. Right. I will definitely vouch for that. And at the same time, I refuse to believe that Kevin Durant didn't think about the fact of, hey, I'm being traded there for a bunch of assets. Bradley Beal's being traded here for a bunch of assets, so we're gonna be fine with role players. There's no way any of them realistically thought they're going to get top-notch role players when they should have realized that the team traded all of their assets to get those two. So where, what other assets are you getting? Are you getting these other guys at? The only other asset they had was DeAndre Ayton, who then turned into Nurkic, which don't get me wrong, is not a bad move. Nurkic has been a quality big man for them, but Nurkic also hasn't been healthy. So you, they're literally just taking the gamble of hopefully these guys stay healthy. The last time Nurkic played more than 56 games was 2018-19. Well, I, I don't know how to else to say it, but these it's it's been like proven. I mean, look at the Timberwolves. They they have like Anthony Edwards and Cat aren't on that superstar level of Kevin Durant and Booker, yet they're one of the best teams in the league now. Granted, they beat a bunch of crappy teams, but still, they have depth. They have a lot of guys that they can rely on night in, night out. True. Look at the Heat. The Heat had, you know, even though they they went from the play-in to the NBA Finals based on depth. They were essentially starting like all role players at one point. But it and worked. They, exactly. And then they got to the playoffs and they were able to go through it. But like 
and the, the argument is like, well, you know, Phoenix, if everyone gets healthy at the right time, sure, but you still have to make the playoffs. Right. You, you can make the play in, and they're not there right now. And nobody's going to get healthy at the same time on that team. No. I feel like it's deja vu at Brooklyn. Remember when everybody was complaining that Big Three wasn't playing together? Oh, yeah. And that was the thing. I remember putting up polls and everything about, you know, do you think this Big Three is going to play more than the Brooklyn Big Three? And do you think this one is going to, like, actually reach expectations? And people kept saying that they were definitely going to be healthier. They were going to play a lot more together, so on and so forth. They look like they're going to play essentially never together. Yeah, you know, that's what happens. <laughs> it wasn't so bad at Brooklyn, though, was it, KD? Brooklyn looking a hell of a lot better right now. <laughs> yeah. But that was our last uh, topic of the night, unless you have anything else to get off your chest. No, I never have anything. I'm like, think it's it's been an hour and a half. Like I'm, I know. I'm, I'm ready to go. We had a long one this week. Yeah. I'm like, I need my recliner and a couple of Italian ices. I hear you. I'm down with that, too. <laughs> this we, we just recorded a longer one so that everyone in the in-between from Christmas to New Year's has a little more to listen to when they're off work. That's all. Right. Yeah. Plus, I, we had to make up for the fact that you were with Mike last week, <laughs> and then you were solo the week before. True. So, <laughs> but that is it here for us this week. Thank you guys for listening. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy holidays. All of that to everybody. Um, appreciate everyone watching and listening this year. Next year, we will be having a lot more guests on. That is one of the goals of this show. Have a lot more people on, reach a lot more audiences, and get some fresh perspectives on here already got a couple people lined up from threads the nba threads community over there there are a lot of great people so we're gonna have some of them on and talk some good good hoops with them so be on the lookout for that appreciate everybody watching the atlantic files the number one podcast number one division in the nba next week is our 300th episode by the way that's crazy i didn't I never thought there would be 300 episodes. but We're, we're going to have strippers. Yep. Virtual strippers. Put the kids to bed. <laughs> What's the firework thing? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of strippers. Exactly. But thank you, everybody, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Don't drink and drive.